Oh, heavenly Lord, we thank you that we can offer you our praises and we just sing Hosanna to you. Amen. Please do be seated. So today we are looking at another I am. And today we're looking at I am the bread of life. And we're going to be thinking about that uh, today as we come together. But first of all, I've got a quick question for you. What is your ultimate sandwich? What is the ultimate filling that you would put in? 30 seconds of the people next to you. What is the ultimate filling for your sandwich? Bacon, cheese, egg. This is sounding awesome. You're making me hungry. Ham, sausages. And lettuce. Oh, good girl. Got a little bit of green. Oh my goodness me, lovely, right, so we're going to draw those to a close, sorry I only gave you 30 seconds to do that because I'm already getting a rumbly tumbly. So we have got over here, Tabitha was saying, bacon, sausages, egg, and then she put in a bit of lettuce for a little bit of greens, so well done Tabitha for doing that. We've got onions, any other thoughts? Anyone else want to shout out your most um, ultimate sandwich? Oh, very posh. I like that, uh, Richard. Smoked salmon and cream cheese. That sounds lovely. Say that again, Teresa. Marmalade. Oh, it sounds great. Marmalade. You sound like Paddington Bear. We have got the most ultimate fillings, haven't we? And the truth is, We can pretty much put anything into a sandwich. I've even seen spaghetti and meatballs inside a sandwich, which for me, mm, but for you, you might enjoy that. The fact is, what makes a sandwich a sandwich? Any ideas? What makes a sandwich a sandwich? If we can have sausages and bacon and we can have spaghetti and meatballs, we can even have ice cream and chocolate sauce. What do you think, Noel? Two pieces of bread, exactly. In fact, you can even get away with one piece and call it an open sandwich. But what makes a sandwich a sandwich is the bread. And Jesus called himself the bread of life. Now, you can't have a sandwich without bread. We can't have life and life in all its fullness if we don't have Jesus. And that's what we're going to be thinking about today. We can fill ourselves up with filling, but we need to have the bread. So, Jesus said this about himself, but why on earth did Jesus call himself the bread of life? Now, it's quite a strange thing for Jesus to say about himself. It's actually the first I am in the book of John. You'll find it in John 6 if you want to follow it. But we have got Jesus saying, I am the bread of life. But the reason why he said it is from what happened the day before. Now, has anyone got any ideas as to what happened with Jesus the day before he said, I am the bread of life? Any thoughts? People quickly going through to John 6, quickly kind of, oh my goodness me. Let me give you a clue. It's got something to do with bread. 
Feeding of the 5,000, Betty, absolutely. Yes, so we have got Jesus the very day before feeding 5,000 plus, plus, plus. Feeding 5,000 people with fish and bread. But that night, the same day as he feeds 5,000 people, that night he sends the disciples across the Sea of Tiberias. He sends them off in the one and only boat. He sends them across, and he stays with the crowd. And that night, the crowd are there, but in the morning when they get up, they find that Jesus is not where they last saw him. How on earth did he end up with the disciples? Well, that's because he walked on water. So on that day, not only has he fed all these people bread, but he's also walked on water. And so the following day, that morning, when he declares, I am the bread of life, the people come to him saying, Jesus, how on earth did you get here? We're waiting for you on the hill. And we know you sent the one and only boat. How on earth is it that you are here now? And he replies with, I am the bread of life. And he talks about the fact that the day before he had fed everyone with bread. And yet they're going, but how did you do that? How did you do that? He said, I am the bread of life. Don't you remember? Don't you remember what God did with Moses? Don't you remember how God saved the people from slavery when they were in Egypt? How he led them through and gave them his manna in the wilderness. He fed them each and every day. But in order to free them, what did he do? He parted the Red Sea. And what had Jesus just done? He just walked across water. And so he was showing everyone, I am the bread of life. I am the same as the God who saved everyone all those hundreds, thousands of years ago. When God saved and rescued the people from Egypt, God was leading them. And when they were in the wilderness, They had to rely on God. What else were they going to eat? Where else were they going to turn if it wasn't to God? Because there's nothing else in a wilderness. And God brought down his manna from heaven, his bread. He fed them. And each and every day, they opened up their tent to find manna from heaven. And God provided daily for their need. Except the day before the Sabbath, when they gathered in twice as much to ready them for the next day of rest. And for 40, day, 40 years, sorry, God did that. And here they are looking at Jesus saying, who are you? Can you give us a sign that you're the Messiah? It's like, well, were you there yesterday? <laughs> did you see what happened? Let that be the sign. And remember what God has done. And so we have Jesus saying he is who we need to feed on each day. Can we see the next picture, please? Any idea what this is? Any idea what this animal is on my picture? Alison. A flamingo. A flamingo. Who can tell me anything you know about flamingos? What do we know about flamingos? Any thoughts, Iona? They stand on one leg. They do. Anything else? They eat, well done, Matthew, they eat shrimp. They do, don't they? They do eat shrimp. Anything else, Noel? 
They turn pink because of what they eat. Exactly. Now, a flamingo is a flamingo, and we can recognize it because it's pink. And the world has absolutely got it spot on. The reason that we know what it eats is because we can see it. Because all of those, I think it's keratin, I should have checked that before I got here today, but all the, the substance that's within the shells of the shrimp gets deposited into the feathers of the bird. And you can see what it eats by looking at it. Does anyone know the collective noun for a flamingo, a group of flamingos? Anyone know? A pink is not a pink of flamingos. It's not a herd. It's not a flock. Any idea? It's a flamboyance. There you go. A flamboyance of flamingos. They are so obvious, aren't they? And the thing is, that they are what they eat. And we are what we eat. And if we're coming to God each day, if we're coming to Jesus, the bread of life, and we're feeding from him daily, then we become what we eat. But if we are what we eat, and I'm talking spiritually here, obviously, then the converse could be true also. So if we're not coming to Jesus every day, and if we're not coming to the bread of life and coming to him and spending time with him, wrestling, wrestling with his word, praying, if we're not doing that, then what are we feeding ourselves on? And as I was praying about this, I really felt God kind of press a couple of things within me and just kind of say, what is it that we're feeding on? And for some of us, I feel that we're feeding on fear. And we're letting that be what nourishes us. We're feeding on news headlines. We're feeding on what we read, on what we see, on what's outside. And that's feeding us. Now, I'm not saying caution is wrong, caution is right. But fear isn't of God. So we shouldn't be feeding on fear. I also felt that God was saying, self-loathing. There are some people in here who don't like themselves. You're not feeding on God. If, that, if you're feeding on Jesus, he'll be saying the opposite. You're precious, you are loved, you're made in my image. Don't loathe yourself, love yourself, because that's how I see you. And there are some people who are feeding on things they know don't nourish. Images you know don't nourish. Words you know don't encourage. People around you who take your eyes off of him. There are people that are feeding themselves on the wrong thing. And there's something about feeding. I'm not a gardener, but I know that if you feed a tomato plant, it grows good fruit. You feed it, it gets bigger and bigger. But if we're feeding the wrong thing, what is it that's growing bigger? Is it Jesus? Or is it that other thing we're feeding? How can we be feeding on Jesus each day? So when we come to each morning, when we come out of our tents like those people did in the wilderness, do we see what God has provided and feed on that? 
Do we put that goodness inside of us? Do we spend time with Jesus? Do we offer up our prayers to him? Do we read the Bible? Do we get people around us who are also Jesus lovers and Jesus followers? Do we surround ourselves with people who will feed us Jesus? Or do we feed ourselves on other things? And there's one other thing I want to show you, if you wouldn't mind, Jack, popping that up. Now, things you might not know about me. One is that my degree is that I'm now qualified to be a park ranger. That is actually, there you go. Uh, so I, I did a whole degree on adaptation and evolution. That's what I did. Don't get me to be a park ranger. I'll be useless at it. But that's what my degree's in. And we studied animals, and you can look at an animal and straight away see what it eats. You can straight away see that eagle is a bird of prey. Why? Because its eyes are at the front. Why? Because its wingspan is bigger than its body by a certain percentage. Why? Because its talons have got claws in there. Why? Because its beak is hooked. All that to help it feed. When you look at the anteater, it's got this enormous long nose, but inside that long nose is an enormous long sticky tongue so they can get inside termites uh, mounds and get out the termites. And if you look at giraffe, you know it's got this great big long neck. Why? Because it feeds from the leaves at the top of trees. The truth is, we adapt to what we feed on. We adapt to what it is that we put inside of ourselves. And you can see it in nature, and the same is true with our hearts as well. Is our heart adapting to Jesus? Is our heart showing him like a flamboyance of flamingos so that people can see you feed on Jesus? You spend time with him. You let him nourish you. You let him whisper his words of love over you. Or are we adapting to the things that aren't of him? Are our hearts being moulded in a way that honours God. And so we're going to be thinking today about Jesus saying, I am the bread of life. Jesus is what we need for life. He is the essential one that we need. And just as we said that we can't have a sandwich without bread around it, so we can't have life full life without Jesus being the one that we feed on. And today is our harvest celebration. Now, some people just there gone, oh boy, I just forgot something. Don't worry, <laughs> that's fine. But we are going to be offering our thanks to God. Not just by physically bringing forward food if we have that and if we want to do that. But let's spend time now thanking God that he is the bread of life that he is the one we can feed off, that he is the one that nourishes us. And so I'd love to just encourage us now to just spend a bit of time with God. And Frank's just going to play some music for us as we do that. And I just want to take a moment. And if you're willing to permit me, I'd just like to lead us in some time with Jesus. And the way in which I'd normally say this to children is we're going to chat and catch with God now, children. Do that whilst you're working. Do that whilst you're colouring. And in our thinking voices, in our daydream places, in our heads, let's spend time chatting with God now. So I'd like to encourage you, if you wish to put out your hands like you're receiving a gift, and either in your hearts or out loud, say, come Holy Spirit.
come Holy Spirit. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are our bread. We thank you that you feed us and you are with us each day. Lord, would you be dropping into our minds right now? Would you be dropping daydreams and words and thoughts of how much you love us? don't you spend some time just chatting to God in your thinking voice and telling him this is what I've been feeding on recently that's not of you we pray help us to turn to you as our food help us to turn to you as the one who feeds us would you drop into our minds right now a way in which we can do that starting today there's a trigger is there something that makes you feed on other things Lord would you give me just a whisper of you today to know that you're with me in that. And Lord, we say, come Holy Spirit today and every day. May we come to you each morning. Would you give us the strength to say no to what's not of you? Would you protect our hearts and minds so that we turn to you and not other things? And thank you that you are our bread. Thank you that you do feed us. Give us joy in your word. Give us joy in coming and being with you. And Lord, did you bring people around us to help us to always feed on you today and always. Amen. And we're going to continue with a time of prayer. If you would like to go further with times of prayer, thinking about feeding on on Jesus, then do feel free to seek out uh, Doug um, or myself or anyone in the prayer area. Uh, Do do that today. But I'm going to invite Anne to come up now. We're going to be led in some intercessions.